Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a moment to reflect there. A lot of, a lot of disagreement at present within the Sunderland supporting network. There's disagreement in here too, so it should be interesting tonight. This is the Wise Men Say podcast in association with the Love Supreme. Lost to discuss tonight with myself, Stephen Goldsworth and Gareth Barker. Is our own Craig Clark. Hello. Hello. Lost count of how many times you've been on, to be honest, Craig. Well, as part of the team, you would expect me to appear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the beard's coming along nicely as well. Uh, it needs trimming, like. Although, <laughs> you know, we, we could provide a picture for our... Our listeners go off on Twitter or something. I'm sure, to add some I'm sure people follow him and they've seen his profile. I don't know. Do you regularly update pictures of your beard? Nah, no, not no, really. I'm in ALS like this uh, month, so you could to be the beard on there. Uh, yeah, by yeah. that, we're, I think we're all in ALS. Aye. So actually, yeah, Steve but we don't get our photos on. Aye, well, it was because I fire node stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, well, we we might be having Paul Fraser on tonight. He's actually stuck in traffic. There's been an accident somewhere. Um, we didn't want to just send him home because he's, he's travelling a long way for this and we appreciate it but we only have the studio for as long as we have it and I can't be held I'm afraid so we'll crack on without him and he might just turn up halfway in and maybe act as a peacemaker mm. if things get <laughs> that heated I don't think there I will don't think I agree with everything we've, we've done. well say. we've done most of it we're arguing off air so we've probably all settled down and have came yeah. some, you know, we've come to some sort of agreement now I don't know like how much you are right okay well um, before we get on our own stuff we'll um We'll uh, hear from Gus on the game. I think I think the fair half, yes, yes. I was not expecting uh, such uh, such a you know um, average performance uh, for many reasons because we were excited because everybody was looking forward to to the game to play with the shape to really have a goal to be aggressive. Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, difficult to analyze now. Second half, I thought we, we started a bit, a bit more aggressive. Uh, again, disappointed that you need to get to half time to know what you're doing wrong and, and somebody to tell you to go and change it, but that is the nature of the game. Uh, after that, slowly, slowly, no, very quick, but slowly we were getting into positions and understanding better where was the free man and the width that the fullbacks can, can give you in this system, and we started using them. Much better, I would say, without the final ball, and then they send it off, sending off change, change my changes, change uh, the whole situation because it was uh, an opportunity to give uh, Chacarini or Ricky Alvarez, you know, a good, uh, a good goal when we were probably in their half trying to push for the for the win. We ten, you know, without you know, throwing the cup, uh, we try to keep going. I think we like. I guess Liverpool will go better for some reasons, but uh, you know I'm I understand the game in one way. I, I don't I don't think that people can say that it's better to lose the game just going forward. Uh, if you ask Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Southampton, I'm sure they disagree and they will say they would love to have another chance in, in ten days time. First half it was awful. I think it was a difficult go, difficult game to watch. Uh, you know, we were not adjusting our positions well, we were not aggressive enough, we were not very good on the ball, our final ball was poor, Fulham, of course, was just passing the ball without practically creating nothing, so it was a really boring first half. That's what we tried to change, a little bit more aggressivity, we done it, and then, like I said, sending off, you need to be careful, it was open, it was one way or the other, we created more, they created the best chance, so... Uh, I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's a, it's a football game, and uh, and there is a lot to analyse. That's the, the good point. I, I think this week I got a, a nice option to analyse our two games playing with this system. What stands out to me there is Gus saying it was a difficult game to watch. I could certainly go along with that. I was actually sitting there thinking, you know, this is uncomfortable, almost mm. uncomfortable to watch at times, wasn't it? It was dreadful, wasn't it, really? I mean, we were better without uh, Rodwell on the pitch. 
because we sort of abandoned that funnel everything through Bridcut why he started as they did against yeah, Liverpool yeah, when they went down to 10 still trying to work out why Bridcut started well that's it that's yeah. it because before we get on the stuff we don't agree on because there is there are some things we don't agree on Gareth I think it's fair to say we all agree that the failure to make a like for like change with Adam Johnson with either Jack Arrini or Alvarez or any player you want playing as an advanced centre midfielder rather than playing a deep line midfielder like Bridcut I think we, he should have went for that we'll all agree yeah yep change the whole dynamic of the side possibly yeah care to elaborate on that no I just uh, I think it's I think it's a fair criticism um, I'd be interested to know why he chose that team maybe he thought I want to have a look Gotta make sure we ask him during the week I want to have a look Definitely. at Brigcutt uh, in in there in the two maybe and see what he does maybe he wanted to see what Rodwell would do you know, given a bit more license, um, he said he wanted. He, they were feeling aggressive. He told them to go out and be aggressive, and that didn't happen. Um, you know, is that that is probably a consequence of, you know, an over reliability from other players on the pitch to give the ball to Bridcut um, all the time. Um, that always seems to happen. I don't Wait. know if that. I don't know if that the pre-program to do that. Why they do that? Um, I think, you know, Bridcut was getting a lot of stick at the weekend, and that. To be fair to him, I don't. I wouldn't exactly say that he had a dreadful game. No, well, but, he was but, all right actually. But yeah. the thing is, yeah. because he, he's a victim of the circumstances, exactly. Yeah. So he was getting a lot of stick, and everything he did. I mean, there was a point where he shaped his body backwards, and he got basically just lambasted. Um, I don't think he. It's not him who's being lambasted, or if he is, it's because he's emblematic of what Poyet's doing. And so, whether it's aimed at him directly or not, people are venting their frustration when he's got the ball and looking backwards because they see it as a symbol of what Gus yeah. Poyet's team mm-hmm. is and I think you find that with Buckley who is probably a little bit more deserving of stick although I don't think it's great to hear it in the ground <clears throat> because he is a far inferior player to Bridcut and his just in a different position but I think because they're kind of Poyet men mm-hmm. and they're really obviously Poyet men they're, they're going to get more abuse because of the way things are going at the moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. My issue, I think, with what Gareth said is probably right. He's probably looked at this at this three and he thought, OK, if I play three five two, I need to see if Liam Bridcut or Lee Catamol can, can fit it into this side, although they are different. They are we know, different. We, yeah, we know that Catamol could, could play more advanced mm-hmm. than that, but possibly he wanted to look to see if that role was you know sustainable in, in that side. My issue with that is... This, the, the size, the significance of the game against Burnley coming up, it's a huge game. We all know that. Now, he's changed to 3-5-2. He's played it against Tottenham. This game, for me, should have been a step into that game. It should have been a further step into that game. So I cannot see the logic behind ch- changing it at all because these players no. need to get used to that system. We're assuming Johnson's going to come back in mm. if he's fit. So why would you change it? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's amusing. Well, may, maybe he thought that Rodwell could do a similar job, job to Johnson. I don't know. But he didn't but play in that was, position. Rick was deeper though, wasn't he? Well, we didn't have that. So it did, they didn't start that way, and then it got that way. And I think I felt like he was deep from I the, thought from so. the start. Where I, I was sitting up in the gods, and I, I well, I was sitting up on the halfway line, and mm. I didn't think that. I thought it just got that way. I think it, like, I think if that that's something, and I think that's the comments, the comments that he made about. You know, having a look at it, I think if next week he does something similar, then I think it is open season and people can start, you know, losing the temper. I think at this stage, you know, I think it, you know, if he'd explained why or be, you know, probably after the game isn't the best time to ask him those questions or what if he doesn't want to talk about it, why he made the decisions he did for that particular game. If he looks at those videos and decides that that was okay, which from the sound of it he doesn't think it is, and I get the impression almost that he's going to change it again. I don't think I get the impression we won't go into Burnley game with in the three-five-two. Um, whether we whether we do or not, um, I take your point about maybe wanting to have a look at Bridcut. We've seen a lot of Liam Bridcut. He's yeah, managed. No, I'm, to I'm not seeing a lot of Bridcut. Yeah. There, I'm saying Bridcut in that system, well, and also that, Rodwell. I was going to say he, know, he knows he knows Liam Bridcut inside out, doesn't he? So you, he comes out um, qu- 
quite often and, and says, I, I don't know how to use players like Jacarini, mm. I don't know how to use players like Alvarez. So if you're going to experiment, you would have thought that would be a more logical mm. experiment to say what one of those players can do in that position. That was the point, because, yeah. yeah. Because you know what Bridcut's about. And well, that's what, I, whether you've seen him play in that system or not, what, like he's saying, oh, I can't find a place for these other players, yet he shoehorned Liam Bridcut into a system that's not made for Liam Bridcut. If you're going to rest somebody, why not Sebastian Larson? He's played a lot of football mm. this season. He was probably our best player, wasn't he? Well, I'm not saying he wasn't. No, 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 I know what you're saying. If he wants to play Bridcut, try him in a two. Mm. Because that's the, there's no position for him behind two orthodox midfield players. It just isn't going to work. And when are you going to try Jack Arini or Alvarez? Where, you make a system that's kind of tailor-made for them, in a, in a sense. Um, Johnson's not available perfect opportunity to have a look at either or and he elects not to and then even later in the game Jack Arini's played wing back at international level before and he went for his tried and trusted in Will Buckley yet again who was unfortunately yet again extremely poor like his technical ability is is it's bizarre Gus seems to f- to favor like technical footballers yet he signed him and he he seems to be completely devoid of of any sort of technical ability. On the on the technical thing, um, I thought watching the game, you know, Fulham. I thought their players were technically superior to ours. I thought all over the pitch, and I don't know if that's they sussed our system after about ten minutes. It's, it wasn't even about the system; it was just about how they controlled well, the, how they handled and, the ball. You know, the reshaped after about ten minutes, and they put players on our wing backs, and they put a player where Bridcut was playing because they knew everything. You know, they were the mm. two outlets: the, the wing backs either mm. side, and Bridcut, and uh, they sussed that after about ten minutes. And I didn't think we seemed to have an answer. For I think it. I think so. There was a period in the second half, and I'm not saying that this is that should be the. Having ten minutes in the second half isn't, you know, isn't acceptable. Is it, that's not an acceptable amount of time you should be dominating a game. But just before Rodwell got sent off, we did have a spell. I felt where we were starting to get up a bit of a head of steam. We were starting to, you know, get the wing backs involved a bit more. We we're sort of getting down the side. Jo- uh, particularly Jones got got down the side uh, a few times, and it, it was it started to take off a little bit, and we we're, were creating some chances, corners. You he know, was trying Defoe to put the ball in the box early, wasn't yeah, he? could tell that he was under instruction to do that for yeah. Defoe's benefit. And then, obviously, the sending off happened. We have to reshape. I think he would have brought on Alvarez or Jacarini at that point, but at the same time, I, I do take the point that he should have, you know, on reflection. And I think, you know, it doesn't take a lot. Um, he should have definitely played. I mean, Jacarini was probably ahead of Alvarez, but either one of them um, in in that system, and I think. That that would have been a fair enough change. You've got fans on. He's got fans on his back at the moment because people think we're playing negative football. And the last thing you want to do is start a game with three central defenders, two full backs who are wing backs. But as soon as you play a Bridcut, people start making. So uh, six at the back. Yeah, seven but at the that's back. how it felt watching the game. It felt like we had no one to link. Anything that was happening in our half a with the two front, wasn't yeah, the, the front two I were mean, completely isolated. What I thought was interesting, I know Gareth has some quotes um, from Gus Poyet when we talk about him later, his comments, just to put it in, in the context a little bit. But I, I got some quotes from Charlie Otway, which I listened back to before the game, and he did, he did the press, press conference, of mm. course. And he said, let's get it right, we aren't experimenting. We played this formation last week at Tottenham. He also said about Jermaine Defoe, you need a system that will get the ball to him. Now, would you say either of those ring true? If that game? wasn't an experiment and that would hint that it would be something you would look at again, then that would be a concern. Or it was an experiment and it failed, but it certainly didn't help Defoe. Yeah. But I think that's partly down to Fletcher. Now, not him specifically as an individual, but I think they're both players who suit playing in a four-four-two. well, sorry, with two, two, a two-striker system. However, I think they're both probably better off playing off somebody yeah, else. Definitely. They're not going to play off each other. So you've ended up, you've got two players who probably aren't lone strikers, but they're not really necessarily suited together either, which leaves there you with be, Wickham. They could be with, with an attacking player like Johnson behind. Maybe, that because definitely make, gives you an option. Then, True. Like, you know, Fletcher, I'll tell you what, he gets an easy ride for me. Like, some of the, like, you know, we said it before about the whole Ian Cupman thing when he scored two goals against Stoke and then he scored two goals against Palace and it's been two and a half months again. Um, 
and people can complain about service or whatever, but he's had chances to score goals in games, um, and people always say about him, or Fletcher's one, the one that you want, if the ball falls to him in the box, you fancy him to score. Well, we've seen it happen, and he doesn't. So, And then his use of the ball in, in, in the two. Like, in the first half, how many times do you have to... Why does he have to back heel it every time? Why is he always trying to do that? Just pass it. Pass the ball. He, he must have back heeled the ball eight or nine times in that first half. But what's he doing? Why, why is he he's doing that? He's almost desperate to yeah. impress, isn't oh, he? Yeah, yeah, almost relaxing too much as well. Sort of, maybe. Maybe they're encouraged to... Mm. to sh- Try and express themselves uh, yeah, too much. I, I, read, read out some, some of your your tweets here. Let you like know what you guys think. Jack Fromm says, We play too many defensive-minded players in one team. And we don't have a go. Gareth loves it when people say we don't have a go. Um, John Ridley says we're just not attacking quick enough. He's hit teams on the counter like we did in the derby. Jack Arini needs to come in. Uh, Peter Stamp wanted to steady the ship after losing 8-0. Succeeded, but having difficulty kicking on now. Form of Rodwell and others haven't helped. Richie Carruthers though says, In my opinion, we are still in the cup. I'd prefer draws and points over losing every league game and playing Rotherham next year. Paul Frears has joined us in the studio. Stuck in traffic. I was going to say, was that as frustrating as watching Sunderland at the weekend? But you weren't at the Sunderland game. You were watching Borough beat Man City. Yeah, I had the delight of uh, the Etihad Stadium, didn't I? And what a game that was. Shall we just talk about that instead? <laughs> I'd rather, yeah. Because yeah. my colleague Scott Wilson, who was at Sunderland, he, um, we, we had a chat after, after the games. And I must admit, I think I got the, the lucky break there. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. Um. Mm. We were just saying, Paul, before you come in, talking mainly about the um, the employment of Liam Bridcut in a three-five-two system seems a little bizarre when Johnson was playing behind the strikers against Spurs, and he's changed that around a little bit. It's little difficult, bit. isn't it? You, you, if you, for me, if you, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Gus Poyer, and I've never, I, I don't pretend I've ever been a manager. But if you, for me, if you look at a, if you, if you look at a three-man or a five-man defence, for me. One of those defenders is more than capable of coming out and and carrying from the back and almost operating in that deep lying midfield role. Um, now, is he? It, do you need a go-to man in in that sort of system? I'd be inclined to think not. And the managers of Gus Poy is obviously looking to get these two strikers going. Um, but for me, what what do you do? What what do, what do you do? He, he obviously likes the deep lying midfielder. He spent the last. 15, 16 months trying to get Lee Catamol to, to operate in the bridge cut role he was for Brighton. Um, he's done that. He's got Catamol operating like that. He's he's been very, very effective in that role. Um, all of a sudden, he brings in Defoe, which he which was much needed. Everybody will agree with that. So you've got to go with the two strikers. So what do you what do you do? Do you do you sacrifice that? Do you sacrifice that deep line midfielder, which, which he did at Spurs, which he did, yeah, yeah. or? For me as well, you're going to lose. Like if you if you stick with that system, you've got the wing backs. You can't play Adam Johnson there either. Where, where, where do you where do you play Adam Johnson? Definitely centrally. Like I mean, he did, he did well. At, well, he, yeah, he did well at Spurs. In the down. I like him in that position. He anyway, gets involved a little bit more. Mm. But it does mean that you've got two players in Jacarini and Alvarez fighting for one spot. It's difficult as well. Isn't it? But then apparently they're fighting for no spot when Liam Bridcut gets played ahead of both of them at mm. home to Fulham, which is. I mean, we've went through it already, but it is—it's just completely baffling, isn't it? Well, he's got five—he's got five days, doesn't he, to, to come up with a, mm. a system that's going to work at, at, at home to Burnley. And let's but face does, it, you need but does that imply though. that the system didn't work mm. at Spurs, though? Because it seemed—it seemed to. We, we 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 were seconds away from getting a point. Mm. We had chances to win the game. What suddenly changed? Why he thinks he needs to to rip it up and start again? Yeah, but well, maybe it, maybe he doesn't. And especially when doesn't. you look at White Hart Lane, you look. <laughs> How many people? How many teams? I know that they're not mm. as good as they have been in previous years, but how good are they? Uh, and they're playing well at the moment, Spurs. And I know they lost at the weekend, but yeah. they're playing well at the moment, aren't they? Are you are you happy to take this game in isolation, Gareth? Aren't you? You're a lot more positive um, than most fans seem to be at the moment. It's not. It's not even about that. Um, I, underst- I, know, I understand. It, it, I understand. It, you, you know, look at other sides who have lost in the cup and say. No, I, I, I think I, I don't. I don't even think that's relevant. Um, I think. Yeah, it's good to still be in it. Um, it was really bad the weekend. It's undeniable that it was really bad. Um, and then, you know, I understand that people will get frustrated when Gus says stuff like he's asking for patience. But I agree with him because, you know, if three or four, four months in football is being patient, then what's the point? 
I mean, that's not patient. For for me anyway, I, I it's a, it's difficult and it, it's 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 a long standing problem. I mean, the home wins it's not good enough, like absolutely not good enough. And we've had what seven in two years, dreadful. But Gus Poy hasn't been the manager for those that length of time. The players have changed over that length of time. So what is it? What's the problem? Don't you think it's strange as well? I, and I don't know what the answer is here, but you look back at the previous managers since Peter Reid's left. Not Roy Keane. Forget Roy Keane because that was a that's a different situation. But the the <laughs> managers after that, um, every manager that's left seems to have had in the end uh, some sort of breakdown with the fans in terms yeah. of a. He's, they've, the managers have criticised the fact that either Bruce was a Geordie or you've got um, Gus Poyers now saying that they're living in the... Now, for me, I think all the managers have had an easy ride compared to up the road. Yeah. So so, so if you look at that way, why is it that, that the managers are leaving here? I'm not saying Gus is leaving, yeah. and hopefully I think he's still yeah. the right is man this, for the job, scoop? to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still think he's the right man for the job, don't you? Mm. But, it, but I still think he's the right man, but... It's like this broken record that seems to have come out again that you've heard other managers say in the past, whether it's the media, the spotlight, the lose. It just seems to come back round to, to the fans and the, the, yeah. the managers. And Gareth's going to got some quotes. Do you want me to, do you want to read to, a lot? To, to put some of the, the quotes in context and stuff. But I mean, Paul, before we do that, I mean, we, we all know that when you read a paper, you know, you read a certain angle and the, the paper have their agenda yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, in this day and age, there's the argument that Gus Poyet knows that this is going to get published. Somebody must be having a word with him saying, don't criticise the fans, don't question the fans. I don't think he's really criticised the fans. Craig, do you think? I wouldn't, well, say he's cri- I wouldn't say he's come out and had a go at the fans. He used to but have a little bit of an argument over it, this yesterday, so I wouldn't want like, just to replicate that on he, there. He's sh- shifting focus on other people than himself, be it supporters or whatever else. And, you know, hark- going on about harking to the past, and maybe supporters are, maybe because, you know, we've had very little... Light in the dark in the past. I think, I think that just decades. shows. I think that just shows the situation at Sunderland that it's a long-standing problem when you harken back to two seventh-place finishes, and that's. Do people? But do people that? aren't specifically harking back to it. He mentions that this Quinn and Phillips do. thing. I've never seen or heard any Sunderland supporter it's, talk about Quinn and Phillips but it, specifically. But it's, not, it's not so much Quinn and Phillips. It's what you know. What made them? It's wingers and four-four-two and crossing it and like going for it and being attacking and it's. It's, I just don't think it's. Just don't think it's a. Simple. But I don't think Poyet is doing enough to suggest that what he is doing is any anything better than. See, he did. Go, I mean, we don't have the players to play that system anyway. We haven't got the wingers. But if we did, what would be wrong with it? I mean, is it necessarily any worse than trying like almost to overthink it in some respects? The way he sets his teams up, like it isn't working. You know, it's the funny thing. You, you look at you look at the modern day football, and, and there's this. It's it's fashionable, isn't it, to play the three behind the lone striker or mm. a variation where you have the attack, the cams in the FIFA well, world. And yeah, four three threes. You, you you default formation, yeah, isn't it, it is, now? Isn't and it? then you alter that. And for Since me, came in, he, he's got when things game. are struggling, if a new man comes in. What they tend to do straight away mm. is make it a four-four-two just to sort mm. of steady the ship. But you, mm. Gus Poyer is never going to. I don't think he's ever. He gonna, did it. He, ironically, he doesn't really want to do it. He doesn't really want to do it. No, and but he has he, done he it. He doesn't want to mm. do it, and I don't think if he if he has to go down the road of playing four-four-two, the four-four-two that he play will still be those two wingers will be right up, up uh, yeah. right on on right. line with the forwards. <laughs> it won't be just your normal standard. Two lines of four. No. Like it, it's a, it's the continental four four two, and I don't know why managers don't still use it because it's still it's yeah it's not as fluid. You but need it's, the it doesn't sorry, give you the control. It doesn't give you the control yeah. in the got, middle like you, you need. If you, you got yeah yeah two, if you got yeah yeah two, a centre midfield, you, you, you could do it. You could think about doing it. Hence, Man City do it. If I was Man City, I keep saying before, like I'm not totally opposed to all four four twos. If I was a Man City fan, I would want us to play four four two for the majority of Premier League games because you're going to blow teams away. 
Man City come unstuck when they get in the Champions League mm. and they play other sides because they go trying yeah, to do it again. What, I, I think it's the Manchester City sides and it's the Barcelona sides that shouldn't be playing the four four two. I would go the other way yeah. and say that because you've got your David Silvers and you've got your mm. Iniestas mm. and you've got you want to give them as much freedom to mm. go mm. cross over and do what 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 the hell they like really. Whereas when you're when you're looking at somebody like Sunderland, who's, they're in a work. Well, they are. They're not even a work in progress. That well, they are, aren't they? They're, <laughs> I don't know. They're a work in progress <laughs> under a, a relatively new manager who's who's trying to change things and and trying to give them a, a bit of style about their play and. At the minute, they still don't, for me, have that have the players to fit the system that he wants to play. Um, well, I, I I agree with you, and I'm I'm not an, particularly an advocate of four four two anyway. But it's interesting that Man United fans have been singing for four four two at their games. You know, Van Hal's come in and done this back three thing, and they look obviously it's all relative. They're much higher in the table, much better players, but they they look quite like lacking in the sort of punch Man United had. Even what five years ago? They haven't got the players to play three five two. No, they haven't. But he wants he wants to play it because that's what he likes. Well, it wasn't Phil Jones well, taking a corner the other. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I mean, they haven't, but they haven't, got, they haven't got those players. They haven't got the players to play the system he wants to. But could you not argue, in some ways, Gus hasn't had the players no. to play systems he wants to play. Probably, possibly, probably, but I think it's a very different situation where mm. it goes back to somebody coming in and then them trying to, you know, create some sort of identity, whatever that that might be. And what I would say that is quite interesting is that that identity is gradually completely disappearing for whatever reason that may be. When I, I spoke to Stephen about this the other day, and I think you know we're in a situation now where if you look to the Man City game last season when we beat them 1-0 at home just as an example um, and that was early in the process where he was trying to introduce this new style because we played Southampton in the cup and then we talked about would he would he, conti- would he play that way because he changed it completely mm. for Southampton mm. in the cup then it was will he play that way against Man City we he was like no he would, no yeah. he wouldn't he did and that goal that Phil Bardsley scored was we kept the ball and then we waited for the opening, and then we tried. We played Barsley and he scored, and that's what we were doing. And then it was getting too bogged down and laboured because Key was too deep, and he was t- he was too slow bringing it out from the back. Then we moved him forward, and things started to look a bit better. But Key went out of form. Catamore came into that role, gave us some drive. Then we went through that bad spell. He changed it. He brought it back to where we were. Barini came into some sort of form, and it kind of all clicked. The principles of the system at the start of the season are exactly the same as that one, but I don't understand how we've gone from not having that ability to pass it anymore. We can't. We we did it then, and I don't know why that is. Is it is it because we've lost Key? Was Key that instrumental in being a passer? Because Confidence. he didn't play at the back end of last season. Perhaps. Now they can't string. It was Mingin on Saturday, and they can't string two passes together. And well, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're attacking, defensive. You play four four two. You play three five two. Play whatever system you want. If you can't pass the ball from A to B, then it doesn't matter. Well, if, and that's that's. It's just I don't understand why that's gone. Why we don't pass it anymore. Well, I disagree players. with you. I think we were at our best when we stopped trying to play all that. Possession stuff, like when Catamore but it was a but it was a start, but it was a start though. No, what, that, he, that was he, the start, he, and then he moved. He progressed it later. No, he, he just abandoned it towards the end of the season. No, he didn't. He didn't abandon it. The I think foot, he did. Like, no, he didn't. The, we were passing it. We were passing it in higher up the pitch, but we weren't passing it as slowly across the back. Which is what he reverted to this season, which nobody likes, and it doesn't win your games either. 
I'll tell you what I'd do. For it. <laughs> it probably wouldn't. Who knows whether it would work, but nothing seems to be working at the minute. It's a home game. They need to win this week. I'd spend five days trying to trying to make it. They wouldn't have the wingers, but you'd operate. You'd have the two players to do it. I'd have I'd have your flat back four. I'd have a, a sitting midfielder or three Catamore, but you know what I mean. It, it, it's probably bread cut. Um, then you'd have three. But you'd get the two wide, the two wider players to keep tracking back and make a three, and then you'd have your two strikers. But so like a diamond, yeah, a diamond, yeah. Well, I think I've been promoting the diamond for weeks. Well, I dismissed it to be fair, but when I thought about it, the diamond, actually kind of gives you with the, with a deep lying player yeah. gives you kind you of the play, same as a three-five-two yeah, because they're your wing especially backs, if it's bridge cut, and you could probably get one of Jack Marina or Alvarez into one of the wider roles in the diamond as well. You could probably do that at a push because you could have Cantwell deep. Johnson at the top, Larson from the right, and then on the left, if you wanted to, you could you could probably accommodate Jack Arini or, or Alvarez. I, I don't think so. You need, no I think way. you need legs as well, though. I think you need yeah. legs and energy in there, and like somebody like, for instance, Gomez retains possession, but it doesn't and have, then he gives leg, it he doesn't away have again. legs for me. So you, you couldn't play him in that role because yeah. it demands a lot of a lot of energy. But I do think <laughs> if you've got the, if you can if you can find that if you can go around his squad and find the players to fill that fill those positions. That might be the best way forward. You play, he'd play Rodwell Larson now, wouldn't he? Well, for Rodwell, yeah. Rodwell, Rodwell, Rodwell can't Rodwell. play this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, again, just, I'm just speaking broadly. This no, is an, oppor- yeah, this yeah, is an opportunity. This is an opportunity now. We can't play. I think the likelihood is Gomez will come back in a contention. That's the likelihood. Um, but he's got an opportunity now. I mean, Rodwell's out. He's got these two players. I get the impression that he he will play. Alvarez or Jack Arini in some capacity on on Saturday from the start. Really? No, disagree. It's not I just happen. don't see. It. I don't see. You you might be right. And you, and let's let's face it. We don't know what system he's going to play. But in the systems that we're talking about, there, I don't see where he can fit in. No, he's a, he's a he's a for me. He's a winger. He's a he's a he's a, he looks like a winger. He attacks like a winger. Who's at Alvarez? Yeah, you think. Yeah. And this would have been the I'm not sure if perfect experiment to put him behind the strikers and see if he could well, have played he's, he's not going an, back he's, to that I know but it depends like, obviously that those kind of roles evolve you get a lot of players who are like kind of central wingers now they start yeah, in the middle yeah. but they go wide Alvarez Johnson players yeah, like yeah. that could do that well Downen's never been in, played inside before no. really and he's, yeah, and he's, he's excelled there hasn't he the diff- uh, well not I'm not the difference between Johnson and Downen though for me Downen's always been a foot like a, a player <clears throat> Who retains possession? Mm. Doesn't try too many tricks. Mm. Doesn't try to beat his man. He plays sim- the ball simply when he wants to. Whereas Johnson, he's always been a match winner. He might mm. not see him for yeah. sixty, seventy minutes, but he's capable of doing something special to, to unlock a defence. And that that's mm. why I think Downing is getting away with playing in there. Now I think Johnson, mm. like you said earlier, Johnson mm. might work in there. I think in a, a, he's more than capable because he's dangerous. Um, Alvarez, I'm not so sure. I think I, I think Johnson now. He's become a very important player for Sunderland, and he he is. I think he's relishing the responsibility he's got at the moment. I think he knows how important he is, and um, you can see that in his play. I think he's worked really hard this season, going backwards um, from wide positions when he's played wide, um, and I think he he sort of really does um, like stand up and be counted on the pitch, um, similar almost in it as Catamol does. And O'Shea does. I would rank Johnson up there um, as somebody who who really does that. And I think you know him missing at the week when he doesn't play now, it's a, it's a big miss. Um, and I think him coming back um, this weekend um, will be you know a big a big boost because You've got to have Johnson on the team, right? Yeah, have well, have you have to now. You have I to. I always thought they did anyway because when you've got a player like him. In a squad like Sunderland, he's potentially one of your only mm, match winners. Well, he got taken out last year, didn't he? And then mm. brought back in, and it, it seemed to give him a kick up the backside. Mm. Um, and, and he, he kicked on from there and had a good six, eight weeks. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's I think that the interesting thing is we've read a variety of tweets out. We're sitting here talking about it. Nobody, nobody's got. A solution. No. Well, we... Everyone's got. Everyone's got a different idea of how this could work, how that could work, how to fix it, and it just, you know, it's been it's been building over. How you know last year when we were saying we were going to get relegated, we were saying this has been coming. It's been building over time. 
it hasn't changed, has it? Yeah, but the still, thing is, that's still, what that's what Gus Poyer is in the job for, isn't it? He's absolutely, the, well, he's yeah. the man who's brought the four, and he's the man who's who's brought these players in during the summer. And there's probably there's probably um, a bit more pressure on Poyet as a manager to to deliver that because other managers have come in on, in the different to you know they haven't been charged with changing everything, and I think. Poyet kind of he's been given that responsibility and he probably enjoys that. He wanted that responsibility. And he wanted well. it, and that's, that's yeah. fair. But it doesn't make the job any easier. And yeah. I think I think that is he probably and I think he said himself he probably thought it would be a lot easier than it has been. And it's 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 just like it's just Sunderland, isn't it? I mean, there's no there's no rhyme no reason for anything. It's just that's what happens, and it's been like that for you know. Let's say under Reed, my dad it's always crazy. used to say, mm. it's not like this every week. Well, and it really isn't. But at the same time, with Gus, um, some of the stuff we kind of criticised Di Canio for, different different kettle of fish, obviously Di Canio was just like a dreadful manager, and I'm not suggesting for one minute Poyet's in the same league in that regard, but there are a couple of similarities that we've kind of touched on. He, he does like to big himself up when we win, he does like to put himself in the spotlight. We're warm from Brighton fans. If they're doing well, he will put himself in the shop window. Obviously, things haven't gone well enough for him to do that. But whether you call what he said criticising supporters or not, he does deflect a lot when things aren't going well and asks for patience. Now, his main issue is going to be he hasn't really got much of a CV to warrant in a lot of supporters' minds. Not mine. I, I would definitely be sticking with him. Like, there's no question about that. But for a lot of supporters, it's going to be well, what have you done to yeah. suggest we should stick with you as opposed to try this, somebody else? And this, this Paul is angering fans because, again, get back to, to more tweets and Kevin Bell saying the Quinn Phillips thing is almost irrelevant. Sluggish play and repeated unforced errors are justifiable criticisms. Paul Smith said to the lads on Saturday that Poyet would blame the crowd. Does he want us to do the conga every time we misplace a pass? <laughs> David Callahan, I like his honesty. Some fans are quick to forget things though it would be nice to see some impetus once in a while. And Noxie Mac, I'm sick of hearing this Quinn Phillips thing. He brings it up, not us. Negative football, negative comments, time to go. Bally time, says Noxie Mac. <laughs> well. Top managers demand fear, respect and love and equal measures all things. Kevin Ball gets some people around him. So, but this is um, 100% behind point as well, I will, I will, I will say that. Um, but this is going to annoy fans. Whether you agree with the majority of the fans... Which I know that we often don't in a lot of things, and we're not trying to speak for those fan fans. But you have got to remember that if the majority of fans think one way, seeing things like this isn't isn't really advisable at times. Mm. Do you want the, the Quinn show, and Phillips show, thing? Do you, you want the you, whole? You can do the whole, do you want thing? The whole thing. Contextualize it for us. Okay, because yeah, okay. the first half of it was missed off in a, a lot of papers. I noticed. Um, it's up to me to find a solution to connect with the fans who better play. Whether it's the system or the passing, I need to find it. I'm responsible. On the pitch at the moment, it's not nice to watch, and I understand them. The only thing I can say is I'm going to try to bring more excitement at the stadium. We're going to find a formula to pass the ball better, and yes, forwards. He talks about a disconnection between the supporters and the team. He says it worries me a lot in football. We're not all the same characters in terms of playing with nerves and rumours in the stadium. It's not for everyone. You need to be very, very strong individually and even more as a group. That's creating, I'm not saying a fear, but doubting some players that they prefer to do things a little bit different to what they normally do. If there's an option to play it forward and it's a risky ball, maybe you don't play it because you don't want to lose it and get the blame. <coughs> so you play safe and backwards, which makes you play the game you don't want to play. And then the quotes. Do you want the quotes about uh, Quinn and Phillips as well? If you like. Um, patience, I'm so, like he's talking about patience. I'm sorry I can't bring Quinn and Phillips back. still think they want that kind of game. You cannot live in the past and cannot think about what you always did. People think they were very good because the way they played was excellent. It worked perfectly for those two players as a way of playing. I respect that and I suffered here myself. It's referring to getting beaten 4-1. Um, but I don't think too many teams play that in the Premier League nowadays. Um, and he says, I believe the supporters are still behind me, no doubt. And I think that the most important thing is to be behind the players. Managers can go very quickly, but players can stay for eight or nine years. So that was the the full the full thing there's, he, he's right in a lot of what he's saying I suppose but there's certain things he says like the um, 
or players will, will elect to turn backwards because they're nervous about playing a long ball. Well, actually, that kind of contradicts what's going on in the stadium. It's when they're turning backwards that the fans are getting wound up. It's not when they're looking to play balls forward. Like the problem is, I don't think we're seeing much of evidence of them. I think sometimes you have to go backwards forward. to go forwards, and we saw. I think Larson's chance came from a passage of play which went backwards first. Um, I don't disagree with that, but that's not what he's saying. No, I'm referring to no, what no. he's saying about players not wanting to play the ball forward because they're nervous, and then they try to turn backwards. That's not what's happening. That's that's complete rubbish. Like what he's saying I there. Don't know. That because it's people are getting on their backs when they're turning backwards. I think like the fans still talk about Quinn and Phillips, really. Yes. No, then that's complete yeah, rubbish. I think, as well. I think I've, I've no, been I in a few. I know he's come out with this on on Saturday, but a couple of weeks ago he came out with similar, um, and he mentioned Quinn and Phillips. I remember doing the match report. It was, um, I think it was the cup game, the other cup game. Where, yeah, uh, he did mention it after. I think I saw it yeah. in print. Or something. It, it, but he's definitely gone down that road before, but not to that extent. I think he's. I think and, he's got a point though. Well, when I, he's clearly done his homework. He's he's looked back over the years and and found out what makes Sunderland tick, and he's obviously come up across the the two seasons where they've actually done all right. But I mean, it was a happy camp when Keane was here, and it was a happy camp even when Bruce was here. Yeah, it was good times under Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Now I I, I don't. I can understand a manager taking over a club and looking back at the history and looking back at what they've achieved because that's how you, <coughs> that's how you you get, you get a relationship with the fans, isn't it? By knowing that the history, but at the same time, you can't keep going back there, can you? You can't keep going back there. And I've been to a few games now where he has gone on about what's happened before, and he has to come up with a way of making Sunderland you know, successful in the future. Is the bottom line? You know, maybe you know. I take the point that. You know he's probably too honest, and uh, some people can, you know, rightfully take it as he they are. He is being critical towards them. Um, I think the point, the general point, is that it's the kind of play, and I've heard people talk about it. Um, you know, prominent people saying things like, you know, will the supporters accept this kind of play because we are used to this? Not, I'm not saying as far as it's the West Ham way, but almost the the Quinn and Phillips thing of getting it wide, overlapping fullbacks, crosses, flick ons, you know that sort of thing. I think that became the Sunderland way for for a bit, and I think because it worked for a spell, and it only did work for a little while. Let's remember, but that four years, there's no doubt that that was the most exciting time to watch Sunderland in my lifetime, and it's perfectly normal that you would. Um, you know, see that you know it's it was the silver lining in the the huge cloud that Sunderland has had over it for the last fifty years. Um, that that's my view. I don't I don't think you know that's a criticism. I think it, you know I'm at the ground. Maybe it's where I sit, but you know when people are just shouting, get it up the field, you know all that kind of stuff. It's I it's that I don't thing. Think people shout, get it up the well, field. they do where I sit, so. So that that's my interpretation. Field, exactly, it does. It? But that that's maybe. But that's a generational thing because there's quite a few older people who sit around me as well. Yeah. So maybe that's something yeah. from f- yeah, from yeah. further back. It's difficult back. as well. It's difficult. We, the first point we made when when I sat down here was that you mentioned the fact that I'd been a Middlesbrough game, and so I I obviously cover Middlesbrough, Newcastle, and Sunderland. And what what I found interesting at Middlesbrough is they've gone down the sort of continental coach route for the first time in the club's history, and. I've I've been saying this in the office today. Funnily enough, you've got Karanka there, who is is God at the minute. You know what I mean? They are the worship and everything mm. that he does because of what he's done. Now, how easy would it have been for him if to have taken over Premier from League. McLaren when he left mm. in two thousand and six, like Gus Poyer yeah. has? Okay. The taken over Middlesbrough mm. when they they've they've had to strip back yeah. through Strachan era, through Mowbray era. They had no finance, no money left over. Mm. Now they're on a ball- they've got a, a level balanced playing field. Mm. They've brought in Karanka, who can basically sell who he wants and bring whatever money he brings in, he can sell. So he's in the summer or over the last fifteen months, he's been able to just restructure a squad that suits the system that he's mm. always had in mind. Now. I think it's harder to do in the Premier League because you've got greater pressure and I'm not saying Sunderland should go down to come back up because let's face it you, ne- you never know when you're going to come back up that's a but, problem. but the thing that's the difference for me is that Karanka at Middlesbrough has been able to do something with a squad there from pretty much scratch no pressure on him to bring 
a squad together that suits the system he wants to play and that's what Wuss Poye has been successful at at Brighton and he's inherited this squad at Sunderland where you, you don't have the time to do this so he's under pressure to get victories pretty quick not from fans just just by Ellis Short probably you, he hasn't got the time to, to turn this club around I think, what's interesting I think also is, sorry I think also as well when you look at Sunderland in the past where we've had Keane Bruce people like that they've been given like car blanche like, spend, spend whatever you want bring these players in and they did and now that money's gone mm. so Poyet's trying to do it we're trying to stabilise within the new reg- financial think, regulations the fans were being were being quite patient this season. I didn't have a problem with it. With the way Gus was playing, with, with the formation he was playing, and we were drawing a lot of games, but it was against better sides. I think had we beat Hull, it would be different now. Yeah. Because fans generally just want to see you win your winnable home games. That's all people expect. Yeah. They don't expect cheer, you know, campaigns where you where you're going for Europe, pushing for Europe no. and stuff like that. Um, and this signing of Jermaine Defoe will be the final one for Gus Poyet. And I said to Gareth straight away, we're going to see what he's made of as a coach now because he's ripped it up and yeah. started again to accommodate this player rather than persevering with it, trying to find another player. So as Paul keeps saying, he's got to find a way to make us all fit now. We'll hear from him on the system going forward. Well, I, th- I think it's important that we look at that. I think it's important that the, if the idea of playing this system is because we want two strikers down the middle all the time, then we should be doing things for the two strikers to you know, be having chances. But if you don't create, what is the point? I think we need to... I, I think it's important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carefully watch the games and see why it's missing. I, I played a little bit during my career. The reason was to pass the ball. I know that the fans, they don't like that. They want us to play forward. So it's plenty of things we need, we need to analyse. I think the idea now is to first analyze the two games, the Tottenham and this one. Um, check really well if it's the way we want to go forward. Train it, whatever we want to do next week. And play first and most Burnley and win. Win. We need to win. Then winning against Burnley, you know, the game of midweek is going to be totally different. Well, I think there is moments in the season that you have uh, turning points. And the Burnley game is, is one of them. So uh, it's an important week for us. Okay, just to tie things up then, Gareth, I sense that you feel, and I'm not saying I would disagree with it, that we aren't that far away now. Does he take Bridcut out, for example, or the play who plays in that position out? Put somebody like Johnson Jackarini in, will be all right. Yeah, I think that's that's probably what I would do at the moment. Um, that's what I would have done at the weekend. I think we've all established that that was strange. Um, would you be happy about Craig? Going in the game. Um, I don't think there's a lot of other options at the moment. If you want to play Defoe and Fletcher or Defoe and somebody else, you, you can't play four four two. No matter unless you play like a diamond or whatever. That's what I but do. It, it's all, but it, and in the end, it's all kind of just semantics, isn't it? Because mm. if it's Virginie as your as your third centre half, or it's Bridcut as your holding midfielder, it's still kind of going to become a three, yeah. and you're going to want your push push your fullbacks up to make width. We haven't got the players to play out and out wingers. It just they just don't exist at the club. See, but I would argue that they think that Van Ho- Van Anholt is a fullback who likes to bomb on, mm-hmm. and they're getting Billy Jones to do the same. Yeah. So I think that I think the diamond system where you would have your three behind the striker, two of them would sit back, has the potential to work because you've, you've got fullbacks who are willing yeah. to go down. It the would line essentially be uh, the three at the back. That's, That's my point. But yeah, it would essentially be the three at the back if you played a diamond. That's my point. Yeah. It's the same kind. Of, maybe you've got a little, someone a little mm. bit further forward in Bridcourt. Can anybody say that? Can anybody mm. say that would have been to the detriment of the team on Saturday? Gone had we took one of those centre halves off? Certainly not. No. I think. Um, I think we didn't need that. Was that was, that was a, Fulham, no. I think that that was maybe he was about to make a change when the sending off happened. Maybe he should have waited. Um, but the, the the change he was going to make. Was to bring Wickham on. Yeah, so I think he wasn't take him on yeah, the No, no, I think he? I think that Wickham change was probably a, a valid one at, in its own right. Anyway, but um, I, I take that point. And then after that, he had to do the reshape, and he kind of went to a four-four-one, didn't he? And then he he put on the only wing he had, who unfortunately is Will Buckley. Um, <laughs> so don't like Will Buckley then. Well, I don't. I didn't. I think. Uh, I, I think he started. Perhaps, I think he started okay, but he's just he's. He's just been awful recently. I thought the signs were there from day one. Like he, he's con- his touch was just concrete. Like you had James McLean written all over him, 
but he's he's probably not going to have the impact McLean had. At least McLean <coughs> came in and scored goals. But then again, if fans won four four two, I'm not saying they do, but say some do. That's the kind of player you're going to get. Mm. Buckley and McLean, that there aren't top world class wide men to play in a four four two around. Be amazing. He's, he's also struggling in, in that system. Anyway. Buckley's worse, and mm. I would say El Mahamadi's better than Buckley. Well, um, oh, he is um, definitely. Gareth, do you want to just? A Finally, do you want to remind our listeners of the question of the week for next week? We're oh yeah, we're not. It over. Yeah, we're not going to do the question of the week uh, this time because basically I didn't pay enough attention to it the weekend and didn't get enough answers, so that's my fault. Um, so yeah, you can win a, um, a Love Supreme um, Jermaine Defoe T-shirt of your choice. Um, and the question was because um, Jermaine Defoe's mother Sandra was very nice about Sunderland supporters after the Tottenham game. Um, it was basically. Would where would you take uh, Sandra Defoe for a a day out in Sunderland and and why? If you to thank her to to you know take her for a lovely day out. So <laughs> what's um, the best Sunderland has to offer? Sort of thing, yeah, yeah. What would you do? So um, get your answers in on Twitter. Or you get email them in. It's contact at wisemensay.co.uk. We're trying to uh, encourage more um, correspondence. Um, so get in touch with us on Twitter at wisemensaypod. On Twitter, or um, if you've got anything Sunderland-related, you know we've got a lot of um, listeners abroad, so or people who aren't even from Sunderland who listen to other countries. If you've got story or reason why, do the Americans still listen now? Yeah, after I, abu- I after <laughs> I've abused them as well, probably by accident all the time. Um, yeah, um, so if you've got a story about why sports Sunderland or anything like that, contact the WiseMenSay.co.uk or any other Sunderland-related story, opinions, views. Anything like that, as long as it's not libelous. Obviously, we can't read that out. Um, but yeah, get get uh, get that sent into us, and we'd love to would love to hear from you. Okay, well, we'll be back with into the light later on the week. Sun FM podcast, of course. Thanks to them for the audio as well from the weekend. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Eventually, we got there in the end. I'm, <laughs> Apologies. I'm glad, I'm glad you. No, I'm glad you battled through because we we got visions of you just turn up for the last five. But <laughs> I've got to battle my way back now. Yeah, <laughs> you made, <laughs> you made three quarters of it. Uh, thanks to Craig. Thanks to Gareth as always, and thanks to you for listening. Over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.